0: I'd love to invite up Shelly to come and share with us. Shelly has come all the way from Aussie for this. No jokes. She's been here for a wee while, but we love her heaps. Thanks, Shelly. So thanks, Abby, so much for that. Um, I love it when um, what what you're going to share um, is confirmed by what other people share. And so thanks, Abby, for listening to God, because I feel like we're on the same page. So this is great. Um, So Kia ora, I'm Shelley If you haven't met me yet or if you've forgotten what my name is Because I know I have that problem that I've met people before But there's so many of you that I forget what your names are So I'm Shelley, I also respond to other things Um, You might remember me from being part of the worship team Or from other times that I've been up here So this is me Um, I'm an Aussie as Donnie said, I'm married to a lovely Kiwi called Dan. He's the ginger in the photo there on the left. Um, I come from an awesome, loving family. So you can see my parents there and my two brothers and their wives. Um, I'm a primary school teacher, hence the costume. Um, and I come, uh, I grew up in the most beautiful place on earth and it's called Bundina. And it's, that's Sydney there Bandina's right on the very edge and sometimes gets counted as Sydney and sometimes doesn't. Um, Surrounded by a national park, beautiful beaches, um, and it's a really great place to sit and meet with God because how could you not notice him in a beautiful creation? Um, After school, I studied music. I was going to be a music therapist when I grew up, but I haven't grown up yet. I've since become a teacher. Um, I moved to Darwin, which is the very top of Australia, um, to, to get a job because there weren't jobs in New South Wales. And that's where I met the lovely Dan. Um, and uh, we got married in Christchurch while we lived in Darwin um, because Dan's sister was pregnant and so she won. We wanted her to come to the wedding, so we brought the wedding to her. Um, we went back to Darwin, but then um, we responded to Holy Spirit's prompting to move back to New Zealand. So we did. Um, so, last time I shared with the church, I shared that I've been a Christian my whole life and that that's okay. If that's your testimony, that's what it is. Um, so, that's the story of God's faithfulness. Um, and I also spoke about how God has been faithful. And I think we know that He is faithful, but sometimes we forget. So, I reminded people um, that He can be trusted to keep promises. He says He's going to do something, He will. Um, today, I'm going to be sharing a little bit about our church vision. So building people, building communities, and in particular, I want to talk about being an authentic relational community. And so the fact that Abby's already shared about being authentic is really awesome. So I can imagine that at the moment in this room, especially after our roller coaster of a week with Level 2 happening again, um, that there's a variety of experiences going on. And also after watching the slideshow from Dre. So it could be that some people are excited and some are nervous. Some are anxious or angry or grieving or celebrating or just waiting. Sometimes you're just feeling hurt. And other, sometimes we're just feeling a mix of things. It depends on what we're thinking about and our feelings can be swayed by what's going on. So my encouragement for now is to just come as you are. Jesus doesn't ask us to be anything other than ourselves. So just enter in and see if we can um, get anything from it together. So I actually think we do a really good job of this, having authentic relationships. We have a leadership team who are brave and vulnerable and they share when things are not going well. Through their example, I feel like it's okay that I don't always have everything together because I don't. It's okay for me to share when I'm grieving or when I'm angry. It's okay to share when I'm struggling. My experience has been that our church is actually really good at walking with people through the valleys. I also know that people will celebrate with me in success. They'll jump up and, sh- and shout for joy on the mountaintop with me. But also, you're going to walk through with, that, with me when I'm just somewhere in between. It doesn't matter if I'm right in the depths of despair, right up, being joyful, or if I'm somewhere in between because our church is really good at walking with people wherever they are. So if we do such a good job, Shelley, why are you talking about this? Because I want to encourage you, but also there's opportunity for us to be even better. So I'm going to share with you from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 to 16. I've um, chosen to use the Passion translation. I just feel like it um, explains things really well for me. Um, So if you have other translations, that's okay. Um, So we're encouraged, not in Romans, but in throughout the Bible to be salt and light. Salt makes things taste more of themselves light shines on things and we can see them more clearly so our job as followers of jesus is to make things better and clearer for other people so the context of this letter um most of paul's letter he's paul's letters he's writing to churches that he already knows but in romans he's never actually visited this church before he's introducing himself to the church with the intention of going to visit them um and so it's a bit different to the other letters. He doesn't talk about specific issues within the church. He's just explaining, this is what I believe. This is how the gospel is true for me. And it comes just after, so chapter 12. Um, Paul's talking about how the church is one body with many parts. And he's also talked about the renewing of our minds. So this section is entitled Transformed Relationships. Let the inner movement of your heart always be to love one another and never play the role of an actor wearing a mask. Despise evil and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers as members of one family. Try to outdo yourselves in respect and honour of one another. Be enthusiastic to serve the Lord, keeping your passion toward him boiling hot, radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. Let this hope burst within you, releasing a continual joy. Don't give up in time of trouble, but commune with God at all times. Take a constant interest in the needs of God's beloved people and respond by helping them and eagerly welcome guests into your home. Speak blessing, not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. Celebrate with those who celebrate and weep with those who grieve. Live happily together in a spirit of harmony and be as mindful of another's worth as you are of your own. Okay, so that's a lot, isn't it? It's a big challenge. There's quite, there's heaps of things going on in there. But I feel like this is an encouragement to us about how to be an authentic and relational community. It's all there. But I'm just going to share a couple of my own experiences. Over there it says, be enthusiastic as you serve the Lord. That's a challenge for me. I I think you have maybe a different understanding of how I feel about being here. (laughs) Um. I responded to the question, will you do it, with yes. However, it took a little bit of um, persuading with my own self-talk. I'll be honest with you, I'm not always enthusiastic or excited to serve. I often have to remind myself of who God is and what he's done for me before I can be enthusiastic in saying yes, because when I remember him, of course I'll do it, no matter how uncomfortable it is for me, because he's good. And I've I've experienced his goodness, of course I will share. But it's uncomfortable. And I just keep on hearing Dre saying, we've got to be more comfortable with the uncomfortable. So when I look back and I think about the things God has done for me and his faithfulness towards me, someone who stuffs up pretty regularly, I do have hope that bursts forth inside me and a joy that can be hard to explain. I can be enthusiastic outside my comfort zone and when I'm tired and when I'm afraid. I remember who he is and how I'm not doing this by myself so then it's easier to say, yes. Yes, I will go to that extra meeting. Yes, I will come and speak in front of everybody. Yes, I will do what the Spirit asks me to do. Yes, I will share Jesus with other people. The thing is, it's okay for us as Christians to have moments where we forget. We forget how good he is. We are humans after all. The thing that makes us Christians, though, is that we notice and we repent. The repent is just a really fancy word for noticing you're doing the wrong thing and turning around to face Jesus or to, to face God. So we face back towards God. And so then when I've done that, when I've picked myself up, I've turned myself around and I've faced back to God, I am comforted. I have a joy and I have a weight off my shoulders because I remember that I don't have to do it in my own strength. So you'd think being a Christian my whole life, I should have had this sorted. should definitely know that facing towards God is a good idea. But I also get distracted by life and circumstances and I have to decide I have to actively turn my eyes upon Jesus. When I do this, I can see his presence with me through circumstance. I can focus on what is true and noble and pure and admirable and honourable and lovely and praiseworthy, as our friend Paul suggests. So I'm going to go back to Romans. As we have a look, let's see what the challenge is asking us to do. Love one another. Despise evil and embrace good. Be devoted to loving our fellow believers. Outdo yourself in showing respect and honour. Being enthusiastic to serve. Radiating with the glow of the Holy Spirit. Being excited. Having hope burst forth within us with continual joy. Communing with God taking interest in the needs of others and responding, welcoming people, speaking blessing, celebrating, weeping, living happily together and being mindful of others' worth. I see this scripture as a detailed explanation of our church's vision. We value relationships and community and we want to be authentic in the way that we do it. And there's like a big old handbook that tells us how to how to go forth with it and so I encourage you to read it Um, but how do we move forward with that challenge Um, as a teacher of intermediate students I um, often look at the verbs in a sentence or in passages of writing so what's it asking us to do love embrace devote be radiate burst Commune, respond, welcome, speak blessing, celebrate, weep, and value. To do this, it's going to require sacrifice from us. Sometimes we're just going to not want to do it because we're people and we get cranky, we get tired. However, when we turn our eyes upon Jesus, we remember how awesome he is. And actually, you don't have to do it by yourself. So it's going to be a sacrifice of time and pride because sometimes you might not feel like helping that particular person. That person doesn't listen when I do when I ask them to do this. Or that person, oh, no, they don't deserve food. They spent their money on something they shouldn't have bought. We all have thoughts that are not ideal. But our challenge, if we're going to be a community that builds people and builds connection, then we're going to have to set aside all the stuff that we carry. Now leave it at the cross and we're going to make a decision to turn our eyes upon Jesus and do something. We're already known as a church who love our community, but can you imagine if we were known for our continual joy, for sharing a bursting hope, for continually communing with God. Who else would come to know Jesus and be part of our family then? I personally would love to be known as someone who goes above and beyond in showing honour, in responding to need and in eagerly welcoming people. I'd also like to bring hope and joy to those around me. And I know I can't do this in my own strength, but through his spirit I can and I can go beyond my own strength and my own feelings and serve enthusiastically wherever I'm called. If we're going to be an authentic relational community, we have to move. It requires action. So I'm just going to share about this part. This part is the biggest challenge for me in that section. Lots of last year for me was immensely challenging. There were awesome moments of joy and um, Dan and I bought our first house and we moved in and there was lots of connection built between people but I was experiencing an immensely difficult yucky situation at work it was deeply impacting people that I care about and respect and I was angry there was injustice it shouldn't have been happening I was grieving because I wanted things to be a particular way and they weren't I was impatient because I wanted it to be fixed I just wanted it to to stop and be solved and I wanted people to do that I was really disappointed that people were treating people that I love in a way that I was not okay with. And I wallowed in it. I just sat there and I was like, this sucks. I'm really angry. I'm really disappointed. I'm really sad. I'm, I don't like this. Why isn't it finishing? And I was scared that the, the thing that was happening to my friend was going to happen to me too. So sitting in that place is not a comfortable place. And the thing that changed it for me was a challenge from my mum to speak blessing, not cursing over those who reject and persecute you. And I was like, no! She does not deserve it! She is the worst. Um, And it took a, a day or two for me to come to the point where I would actually even consider it. And I actually asked my connect group to help me because I couldn't do it by myself. I didn't want to. She didn't deserve it. She was the worst, of course. We've heard this already. So it was really hard. I had to shift my attitude from, I want to punch her in the face, um, to, wait a second, she's a child of God. I probably shouldn't punch God's creation. So my connect group helped me. And we started together to pray a blessing over this person. And the thing is, since we've been praying that prayer, Dan has been helping me as well. He's a great husband. It's actually been better. I've been released from the hurt. It seems really counterintuitive, but actually praying for this person helped me to see them as God's creation. And God's creation acting out of their own hurt. So I've been praying for blessing and for healing over this person and I have to decide to do that every day. The problem with her behavior hasn't changed but my attitude has. So an encouragement for you is if you find yourself in a situation like this, it is hard, I understand it it was hard for me, but to try and shift your attitude to blessing rather than cursing. And I know that people in your Connect group will help you because my Connect group helped me. Once you've prayed for them, I give you the bonus challenge of seeking God's wisdom to see them how he sees them, to find out what is lovely and praiseworthy about them and thank God for that inside them. I'm happy to pray with you afterwards if you're finding yourself in a similar situation. It's really unpleasant, so I'm happy to come and walk with you through that. And I know that there's lots of other people in our church who will too. I'll also pray for you now. Father God, I just pray that you will move people to speak blessing. Father, I pray for attitude shift, but I also pray for your protection. I pray for your protection over situations and encounters with people who are hard. Father, I just pray for eyes to see them as you see them. In Jesus' name. God is big. He's got it under control. So the God I serve is bigger than any worldly circumstance. He's bigger than COVID. He's certainly bigger than any unpleasantness that I have experienced. And I continue to consider the character and the nature of God. And when I do, I experience profound joy in the revelation of who he is. He's a God who loves. He cares. He protects. He protects. He provides and he blesses. In the difficult situations, I must choose to turn my eyes upon Jesus and to see and love people using his love for me. So let's work together to be a community like the one described in Romans 12. Let's continue to serve our community and embrace everything that is good and virtuous. Let's respond to the needs of people. And when we're facing the wrong direction, actively turn our eyes upon Jesus so then we can respond according to his prompting so which small action could you take to be part of our transforming community I'm going to put the um, the actions back up there I want to encourage you to notice if there's something that someone in our congregation does really well and to tell them that they do it really well as well as just to choose one that you're going to focus on this week So, will you love one another authentically without a mask? Will you despise what is evil and embrace everything good and virtuous? Will you be devoted to tenderly loving your fellow believers? Will you outdo yourself in showing respect and honour? Will you just work on your enthusiasm and be enthusiastic to serve the Lord? Will you radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit or burst forth with hope and joy? Will you decide not to give up and commune with God at all times? Will you take an interest in others and respond to those in need? Will you take up the super hard one and speak blessing over someone who really deserves a curse? Will you choose to live happily with one another? Or are you going to be really aware of people's worth? Worship team, could you come up for me? So I just want you to take a moment if you see someone in one of those things, just a reminder to tell them, yeah? There are some people in our church who are amazing at welcoming people eagerly. There are people in our church who are enthusiastic and take interest in the needs of others. We have a whole team of people who respond to those in need. So if you see that in someone, please tell them. If you would like prayer for that this morning, can you please come up and um, I will pray with you as well as some other people, depending on how many people come. That's the end. Well done, team. You sat there all this time.